The filibuster is in the crosshairs of the left again. If you don't want Washington, D.C. to be a state, you are a racist. But the question is, is it constitutional? And Joe Biden held a press conference and, well, you tell me. So the best way to get something done, if you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. Yep, that was about it. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, let's talk about the press conference that Joe Biden had. Yes, I did watch it. It lasted about 60 minutes, a little over 60 minutes. Uh, and it's been 64 days, and he finally does a press conference and if you listened to the opening bite, yeah, it didn't go very well. He had no energy. He was all over the place as far as his answers. For a guy who doesn't want the filibuster, he filibustered a lot of these answers. He, he answered about 24 questions, um, just way out there. So, here are some things we did get out of the press conference as far as information. And there wasn't a lot of information in this press. It was a terrible press conference. We'll talk about how he looked in a few, in a few seconds. But it was an absolutely terrible press conference. <coughs> but we did get some things, and none of it's good. Uh, he downplayed the border crisis. It was barely addressed, and he even snickered at it a couple of times. Um, the press never brought up that uh, this is at record levels. So it was, he didn't get the chance to actually uh, blame Trump. It never got there. And he started saying, the only thing he was asked about it was that, oh yeah, well, it surges all the time, especially this time of year. No, it was surging in January and February, and it doesn't surge in January and February and December and and November. And the reason it doesn't is it's winter. They don't actually surge at this time of year. So this was not true. They typically surge May, June, July. And right now in February, you're looking at a record number of people crossing the border. And in March... They are actually looking at almost 200,000 people, so this was not true. He said he'd be transparent about letting the press look at the border uh, institutions that are holding the migrants. Right now, they are all between, I think, between 700 and 1,400% over capacity. And Biden said, well, yeah, he'll be transparent about that, and people can actually go into those facilities after he implements his project. In other words, he's not going to be transparent until he gets everyone out of those facilities and into places where they're supposed to be, either a football stadium or hotels, or they're just released. Right now, it's something like 10, 15%, I believe, of the people that are crossing the border right now are being returned to Mexico. 15%. And this is on 100,000 average captures a month. 
So you can tell they're not really sending anybody back. And Joe Biden has no no thought of actually allowing the press onto the border. So this is also, that was a very interesting question. Um, he threatened North Korea after North Korea started testing missiles again. He said he would love to negotiate uh, with them, but he will remain strong and use whatever means necessary to control North Korea. Essentially, what's going to end up happening with North Korea is what's always happened with North Korea. North Korea is just going to ask for money and just they're going to give it to them. And then North Korea will stop testing missiles for a year. And then when they run out of money again, they'll actually go out and test again. Um, he's very open to eliminating the filibuster. And this was one that the media really pushed. They really, I think there was more talk about eliminating the filibuster than there was about anything else. Now, what's ironic here is that um, no one ran the filibuster more than Joe Biden did in his time in the Senate. And he even in 2010 actually said he supports the filibuster. It's made to keep things equal. And now... Of course, the filibuster is in his way for getting anything done. As long as you, if you know what a filibuster is, filibuster is these guys can hold up a law. And the only way that that law can be actually shot down is with 60 members of the Senate voting to stop the filibuster. We already know there's no way they're going to get 60 members. So basically any bizarre uh, plan that H.R. 1, for example... H.R. 8, anything bizarre that they want to push through, if the Republicans filibuster it, chances are it will never get through. So that's why it's important to get rid of the filibuster. Of course, he pushed gun control, but not as much as I thought was going to happen here. And it was because of the new scandal with Hunter Biden, which I'll talk about in a second. He pushed voting rights, and I use that in air quotes, including the elimination of voter ID laws in H.R. 1. And again, the media did not push back. They all believe him. He also said he'll run again in 2024. Uh, he'll be 82 years old at this time. Now, you know Kamala I, I For me, I wouldn't walk in front of Kamala Harris near stairs anytime soon. Because I'm sure if he's tripping going upstairs... I'm sure it wouldn't be a real shock that, oops, he trips going downstairs and Kamala Harris is there to, to pick him up while he's got his broken uh, he's got his broken pelvis. Oh, by the way, I, you know, you hear this from a lot of mean, mainstream media, especially on the right, that this is really all sad. And it is because my grandfather had dementia. But, you know, here's the thing. He's the president of the United States. I didn't want him to be president of the United States. And I will continue to make fun of him. And I don't care if I get called an ageist. This guy has been living on lies for the last, now it's 50 years that he's been in politics. He's done absolutely nothing. He's corrupt. He lies. He's dirty as all sin. How he got rich on $170,000 a year salary, I don't know. I really don't care about his feelings and how bad he is. You know who should feel bad? His wife, who's letting him do this this stuff. It should be his kids 
who are just watching them do this and don't care and actually just correcting, ca collecting cash from foreign countries. So I don't want to hear about I should feel sorry for him. I do feel sorry for him in a personal level, but he's president of the United States and he's, as far as I'm concerned, he is up for grabs now. So, but some of this stuff was pretty bad. Some of this stuff was pretty bad. Uh, he had notes. And in those notes, which is weird for a press conference, typically you walk out there and you just give the press conference and you wing it. You just call people and you wing it. And if you compare President Trump's press conferences where he'd walk out there and people are screaming questions at him, this didn't happen in this press conference. He had pictures of the reporters. The New York Post actually released an article where he had pictures of the reporters. And he called the reporters based off a predetermined list. He did not hide this. He The first thing he did, he gave his opening remarks, then he pulled up, now who am I supposed to call first? Literally said that. It was just like, dude, at least be a little bit quieter about how you're dealing with the press. So right off the bat, just on those first things, we already know he knows what the questions are going to be. Um, their questions were really softball. Uh, there were no follow-up questions. As a matter of fact, one gal started her question calling, uh, and this involved the border crisis, calling him a moral, decent man, and that's why there are so many people at the border. There was only one challenging question that said, hey, are you going to let us take a look at these border facilities to see what things are looking like? Because we're going to actually, we actually see pictures released by Project Veritas uh, and, and others. We're seeing video now. This looks really bad. And that was the only one that he just wouldn't add. Matter of fact, he laughed it off. Biden did not call on any confrontational reporters like Steve Ducey of Fox News. Everybody was from a left-wing outlet. He rambled. His answers were way too long. And he seemed at times to actually get confused in the middle of his answer as if he had forgotten the question. And God forbid if, if one reporter asked him two questions because he forgot would forget the second question. It was really, really, really pathetic. At one time, even the cameraman didn't know what was going on. The cam he start he started uh, a reporter was asking a question and he started walking away from the podium, and the cameraman had you could tell the cameraman was just letting it run because no one expects him to walk away from the po he walked away from the podium and the cameraman had to catch, and 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 figure out where the hell he was going, and he probably because he couldn't hear the question or something but. What are you doing? He looked like my grandfather after his second stroke. He really did. That's where it's sad. That is where it's sad. And then he said some really nonsensical, bizarre statements. He said that voter ID laws were like, we're going to make voting like Jim Crow into Jim Eagle. Everyone was like, huh? Voter ID laws are like comparing Jim Crow to Jim Eagle. It was just like, what the hell is he talking about? It was absolutely an embarrassing press conference. It was terrible, and I believe it's probably going to be his last press conference. Now, I know we've had presidents before who were compromised. I do not see how this president gets through the year. I said, I, I'm, 
I'd be surprised if he made it to the end of May. And I even said April. I don't think this is going to happen. This was probably his last press conference. Now, there are some things they did not talk about. By the way, the podcast is going to be longer because I can't skip any of this stuff. It's too good. The first thing, Hunter Biden. Oh, my God, this guy is such an F up. I I can't believe. So a new scandal came out on Thursday. Okay, that was yesterday. Hunter Biden, who had an affair with his dead brother's wife, and while they were dating, had a gun that he purchased illegally by lying on the uh, forms that he did not have a drug problem and never used drugs. By the way, Hunter Biden was kicked out of the military for using cocaine, having cocaine in his system. So it was just an outright lie. So he got this gun. Apparently, he's been doing some weird stuff, and the girlfriend, who was his brother's wife, ex uh, former wife, because he died, uh, grabbed a gun and threw it in a trash can behind a grocery store. Well, that's illegal. You can't just throw a gun away. Duh. If you know anything about guns, you know this. And worse, she threw it away across the street from a high school, which is doubly illegal. The police were called in. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Secret Service shows up to the gun shop where Hunter Biden actually purchased the weapon and wanted to take all of the paperwork from the gun shop owner. The gun shop owner said, no, I'm not legally going to do that. Eventually, uh, she actually sent the uh, data, the paperwork to the ATF, which is how it's supposed to happen. This is These are all felonies, by the way. You're looking at three or four felonies. You're talking for lying on a gun application. You're looking at 10 to 15 years in prison for lying. And nobody knows anything about these Secret Service officers. So suddenly this is looking like, oh, the Secret Service was trying to clean it up. Ironic, never brought up. And it's just, this would have been a big question because gun control is a deal with, with Joe Biden and his family is illegally obtaining weapons. Interesting. Uh, COVID was never brought up. Which is a real surprise because uh, Biden's been doing nothing but touting COVID and how well we're doing. Well, probably COVID's not being brought up because the United States is allowing people into the country with COVID. Uh, 15 to 20% of the people that cross that are crossing the border illegally have COVID. School openings were ne- was never brought up. I don't know why this isn't a hot topic. You give, you give the teachers union $143 billion and they won't open the schools still because they like staying at home and not working and still getting full payment. Do you know what they're talking about today? The Biden administration is talking about today. They're talking, they can't guarantee that we're going to be opening schools by fall. Fall. Oh my Lord. The China conference was never brought up. And considering how embarrassing that was, I'm shocked. I talked about that the day after the conference. Or no, I'm sorry, the Monday after the conference. This was never brought up. Vlad Putin's challenge to debate Biden in open mic was never brought up. The January 6th Capitol riots was never brought up. You know why those weren't brought up, don't you? Because Antifa, Black Lives Matter... And now bums in Los Angeles are all rioting. Yesterday, on Thursday, there was a protest 
by a bunch of uh, homeless people, and the police were arresting them one at a time. They actually shut down a part of the area because they needed to get these people arrested. There was never any question about him falling while walking up the stairs to board Air Force One. I probably would have asked something like that. The kids in, in cages at the border was never pushed on. I know that was something, but they said with President Trump, kids in cages, kids in cages, kids in cages. Here, never. How are their living conditions? That was brought up once. When can we see their living conditions? That was brought up once. The economy and his spending bills. Joe Biden has a $5 trillion infrastructure bill that he wants to push through. One of the reasons he wants to get rid of the filibuster. Tucker Carlson had a fantastic uh, commentary on this. Uh, you can visit it on YouTube. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I've got all the video, including, I've got links to all the video, including the press conference itself. If you have not seen the press conference, you need to see the press conference. It's just amazing. Joe Biden needs to be taken out of office. Uh, all the times they talked about the 25th Amendment with uh, Donald Trump, if people aren't talking about the 25th Amendment now, they're insane. Well, not only are they not, the media is not talking. The media who, as Ben Shapiro says, is actually controlling the Biden administration. I don't think it's Kamala Harris. I don't think it's Bilkin, Anthony Bilkin. I think it is the media. The media is driving the politics right now. The media said this was a fantastic, a fantastic press conference. I'm assuming they're saying that because they believe most people didn't see it. I think you should see it. Go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Click on the link. You can watch the entire hour press conference. It's worth the hour. Because I can't believe it that the press conference, people are not talking about the 25th Amendment. Now, speaking of the filibuster, uh, Joe Biden has decided that it's time to end it. And it's because he can't seem to get anything done with the filibuster. And their big goal is to get things done before 2022. The... the Democrats know they're in trouble for 2022. Nothing is going well. Uh, we're getting major surges at the border. Everything is going... We're looking at huge inflation um, in the next three years. We're looking at... Uh, gas has already gone up about 40%. I know in on January 20th, because I actually kept track, gas in California was two ninety nine, and we found a nice cheap gas station. It's now at three eighty two. Uh, gas is everything is going up. Um, jobs are even the economy now. It's growing, but not at the rate it should. Now Biden mentioned that GDP is going to go up six percent. Yeah, but we've been shut down for a year, so going up six percent is not a real grab. It's not a real accomplishment. Just simply by saying, okay, COVID's done, it'll go up 6%. It should go up 10%. But the reality is things are not running. The filibuster is the problem the Democrats actually have in pushing H.R. 1, the voting rights bill, the gun control bills, uh, his $5 trillion infrastructure bill, and his trillion... I mean... Biden is looking at spending $10 trillion this year, this year alone. 
He's going to have a tough time getting that through the Senate if the filibuster exists. He's going to have a tough time getting it through the Senate even if the filibuster doesn't exist because it's a 50-50 deadlock in Congress with Kamala Harris being the tiebreaker. But the reality is there's some Democrats that are kind of like, I, whoa, uh, uh, Steve Manchin, Joe Manchin, whatever his name is from West Virginia and um, Kirsten Cinema Cinema of Arizona are really against getting rid of the uh, getting rid of the filibuster. And I think they're going to be really tough to get when it comes to some of the tax raises, especially the gun legislation. I'm pretty sure even a Democrat in West Virginia and a Democrat in Arizona is going to have a hard time actually pushing a gun control measure because their states will just mutilate them in the next election. So you're talking, you're talking some major programs that are just going to be killed, uh, added, if the filibuster is eliminated. And again, I think it's going to be tough to eliminate the filibuster. So Biden and the Democrats already are sure of only, they, so the Democrats are sure that um, they only have about a year and a half to get this stuff pushed. Um, Even with Biden's approval rating being at 56%, I think that's a red herring. And because Congress, their approval ratings in the 20s, I think the House has their approval ratings at like 18%. It's not great. Um, so, but Axios had a very interesting article. So let me go through that article. Uh, President Biden recently held an undisclosed East Room session with historians that included discussion of how big is too big and how fast is too fast to jam through once-in-a-lifetime historic changes in America. Now, you can already tell this is a, this is a slanted article because it's once-in-a-lifetime historic changes to America. You know, here's the thing. How about radical changes? Because that's what a lot of Republicans see this stuff as. See this stuff as. Continuing, why it matters, the historian's views were very much in sync with his own. It is time to go even bigger and faster than anyone expected. If that means chucking the filibuster in bipartisanship, so be it. Uh, President Biden has had no problems not being bipartisan. He doesn't care. His $1.9 trillion bill, he didn't get one Republican to support it. Four things are pushing Biden to jam through what could amount to a $5 trillion plus overhaul of America and vast changes to voting, immigration, and inequality. Now, mind you, um, no, <laughs> immigration, inequality, I, we, we, we've already gone over a bunch of these bills. They are really out there. We're talking it would be legal for men to walk into a women's restroom. That's the equality bill. He has full party control of Congress and a short window to go big. He does not have full party. He has a a split in the Senate and he's got a very little lead. Uh, Don't forget, the Democrats lost in 2020 uh, seats in the House. He has party activists egging him on. I'll go a step further. He has party activists that are leading him right now. He has a strong gathering economic winds at his back and he's going to slow this stuff down. So he does have a strong economy coming back, but how strong is going to depend on what he does. What they don't mention is 
he's got major economic turmoil in two to three years. That $1.9 trillion, they're printing money. They're creating inflation. And he's popular in the polls. That's a red herring. President, his, uh, presidential historian Michael Beschelos told Axios, FDR and LGB, LBJ may turn out to be the past century's closest analogs for the Biden era, quote, in terms of transforming the country in important ways and times. Beschloss said parallels include the New Deal economic relief that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt brought in 1933, which saved the country from the Depression and chaos. That's a lie. Um, FDR's New Deal actually extended the uh, extended the Depression by six years. It was the war that saved FDR. And Biden is on track to leave the country in a different place, as Lyndon Johnson did with his Great Society programs. The Great Society programs did not get rid of poverty. The war on poverty was not uh, gotten rid of by the Great Society. As a matter of fact, the Great Society extended poverty and relied on and extended government reliance by the people. Because people ended up on welfare and they expanded welfare. The Great Society also went after the, the nuclear family because the nuclear because you got more welfare payments if you were a single mother with lots of kids. This, this, I hate these stories. People close to Biden tell us he's feeling bullish on what he can accomplish and is fully prepared to support dashing the Senate's filibuster rule to allow Democrats to pass voting rights and other trophy legislation for his party. He loves the growing narrative that he's bolder and bigger thinking than President Obama. This temptation to go even bigger, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell insists, will create such a fissure between the parties that he compared it to compared it this week to nuclear winter. But we're told Biden won't hesitate. Just he, uh, just as he passed the $1.9 trillion COVID rescue package with zero Republican votes and zero regrets, his team sees little chance he's going to be able to rewire the government in his image if he plays by the rules of bringing at least 10 Republicans. So you, you can tell right off the bat that Biden has absolutely no thought about going in and just blowing out any kind of bipartisanship and any type of minority rights concepts that the Constitution says. He won't rub their noses in it, we're told. That'll be the Biden touch to rolling the opposition and getting much closer to the status of the latter-day FDR. Biden lists includes rural broadband expansion, which would be transformative for those communities, make child's cap tax credit permanent. That would be a disaster. Even Josie, my fiance, said, how can we do that? The child tax credit means you're going to get $300 a month. Everybody with children will get $300 a month per child automatically. And this was supposed to be temporary through covid but now they want to do it permanently, which we knew it's a it's a form of universal basic income. The problem is we don't have money for that. And then finally, landmark le legislation on climate, guns and voting climate, the Green New Deal, AOC's pet project. They want to actually implement that. They are working to implement that guns. They want to take all your guns. We talked about that earlier this week. And finally, voting. This is just 
something to control how people vote and make sure the Democrats get into the get into their their place at any time. Okay, that's HR one. If this voting act comes in, it'll federalize all. I I don't know if it's I I we went through it step by step. I don't think it's constitutional, but they are going to try. Uh, the other question is who are these historians that Biden is is coming out with? This is this is great, and that's something Axios didn't actually talk about, but the Free Beacon did. Listen to this. Fix our this is what Free Beacon stated. Quote, Fix Our Senate is steering a coalition of 60 progressive groups to pressure the moderate Democrats to eliminate the filibuster, which requires 60 vote supermajority to advance legislation. The group is a project of the 1630 Fund, a nonprofit incubator managed by the D.C. based consulting firm Arabella Advisors. Arabella's network of funds is used by the nation's wealthiest liberal donors, by the way, including George Soros to secretly bankroll a huge host of progressive initiatives. So these are the people that are advising Biden. And I'll go give you a step further. These are the people that are not advising him. They're actually running Biden right now. The coalition led by Fix Our Senate is trying to drum up support by painting the filibuster as a racist tool. On Thursday, the coalition launched the na the, a nationwide six-figure ad buy that, quote, makes the case that the filibuster, a long-favored procedural tool of segregationists, has prevented voting rights and civil rights from passing the U.S. Senate. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, has similarly argued that the filibuster has deep roots in racism. Do you know who used the filibuster? Last year, 230 times, the Democrats. And by the way, you know who was it during Jim Crow when they were filibustering breaking up the Jim Crow laws? Democrats. Democrats are using the filibuster. No one mentions that. Fix Our Senate does not have to disclose its donors or to file tax forms that would shed light on the financial activity. I think they should have to if they're actually directly advising Joe Biden. The 1630 fund is used by liberal billionaire George Soros and others in the Democratic Democracy Alliance, a secretive donor club that financially supports progressive causes. Arabella Managed Funds facilitated $715 million of dark money in 2019. It's an incredible story. That's incredible. Remember how people in the media used to mock Trump for saying that there was a deep state, it was a conspiracy theory? Trump used to respond it used to say that there's a swamp in Washington, D.C. That he was there to end the corruption, end the swamp, kill the deep state. Does it really sound like it's something so far-fetched anymore? Doesn't that kind of sound like a deep state? There are four hopes that this filibuster will not go anywhere and we can keep the sanity in our country. Because right now, this is the scariest part, is getting rid of that filibuster. And I'm not going to finish my podcast today. I, I'm going to end with this story because it's just too important. We'll talk about why Washington, D.C. becoming a state is not racist later. So we'll, we'll get to that. Um, so here are the four 
reasons why the filibuster will probably not go anywhere. Joe Biden decides to be a moderate. There is a chance. If he if he has a moment of clarity in that addled mind of his and says, we can't do this, we are going to get screwed later. Because don't think the Republicans are not going to get control of the Senate again. And they're going to get control of the Senate again. And don't think for a second that Republicans aren't going to use this or aren't going to ban the Senate just to push through bills. This will happen. Democrats Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Both Democrats, they don't support the filibuster. Joe Manchin is leaning towards eliminating the filibuster, but he's in a deep red state. And Kirsten Sinema is also uh, from a red state. I know that... Um, Joe Biden won Arizona this year, but that doesn't change anything. It's still a red state. And I have a feeling there's going to be a real problem with her if they eliminate that filibuster and then they patch that. I think it's H.R. 8 or H.R. 127. I can't remember. They pass that gun control bill. That's going to be bad. The other problem the Democrats might have is time. The Democrats might not have it. You got to remember, in six months... People are going to start actually start campaigning. And this is going to come up. And radical change like that may not be embraced by Democrats when campaigning actually starts. So time is an issue. And finally, Donald Trump. If you think the crap talking about with Donald Trump is over is not, he's still extremely influential. He is now appearing on television almost almost two or three times a week, and he's talking about the insanity that is going on in the Biden administration. Literally, five hours after Joe Biden's press conference, Trump was on Fox News saying, this is insane. This guy cannot run anything. This guy is not there. And they want to eliminate the filibuster. They're going to destroy the company, the country. So don't underestimate the influence Donald Trump's going to have on the country. Don't underestimate that. And that influence is important because it is going to affect other Republicans. They're going to get stronger. They're going to get more confrontational. They're going to attack more. That's what the Republicans need to do. Now, Joe Biden said in his press conference yesterday that he doesn't think there'll even be a Republican Party in 2024. You know something? If Republicans do not push back, if they do not fight, he's absolutely correct. Donald Trump needs to be in the fray. He may not run in 2024, and I don't think he will, but he needs to influence them. He needs to get the Republicans off their asses and actually do something. And by the way, this was going to be part of my news story uh, for Washington, D.C. becoming a state. Why is it everything, the filibuster, uh, statehood for Washington, why is everything... Jim Crow and, oh, it's a, a, a filibuster is a remnant from Jim Crow. No, filibuster's been around forever. All right. Well, before Jim Crow. And why is it not making Washington, D.C. a state, which is unconstitutional, a racist? Here's the problem. The Constitution gets in the way of everything. Okay. And the best way to ignore the Constitution is to call it racist. And that's the goal. The filibuster is completely legal. It's 
under the Constitution it's legal. And Washington, creating, making Washington, D.C. a state? Yeah, it violates like three areas of the Constitution. We'll talk about that next week. But because the system, they don't like the system, they want to bypass the system, they want to bypass the Constitution, the easiest way to deal with this, call it racist. Here's the problem. The problem is it gets old. Everything cannot be racist. A lot of people don't buy this racism crap. We don't buy Ibram X. Kendi's anti-racism. We're going to talk about anti-racism. I'm actually reading Kendi's book right now, and I, 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 we need to talk about this. I, that is the most racist book I've ever read in my life. I mean, talk about, oh, well, blacks have moral superiority over whites because of slavery. Uh, Ibram X. Kendi is a Harvard graduate making millions of dollars off his books, $20,000 on talks. I don't need to hear, and is younger than I am, I don't need to hear that he's got the moral authority because of his skin color. Uh, by the way, that's racism. Uh, I, I'm sorry. This is the problem with not going off a script. I, I, I ramble like that. But the reason is you have to point to the system and keep calling it racist because that gives the left a reason to go around the system. It's unconstitutional. Call that constitution racist, and that'll be the reason we don't need to follow the constitution. Gun control. Call that Second Amendment racist then we don't have to follow the Second Amendment. We don't have to listen to what is morally objectable. And that's what the left is trying to do. Okay, well, uh, you can visit me, or you can follow me on Parlor and Rumble at Dumbasses Talking Politics. You can follow me on Twitter at Runninfool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. Download or listen to this podcast at... Uh, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, YouTube, and Rumble. Uh, visit my site at uh, dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Take a look at some... You're going to get an extra story in there because uh, uh, Washington, D.C., so that'll be nice. Take a look at all the links. Look at the press conference. It was awesome. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>